subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer, reality competition TV fanatic and a 100% faithful. Promise. The Trader is a deep dive into each episode of the most addictive TV programme around The Traitors. And this season of the podcast is all about The Traitors UK, now streaming on BBC iPlayer and Peacock. Coming up, we have our deep dive into episode 2 of The Traitors UK, followed by an even deeper dive interview with the first banished player of the UK series. First though, it's time for a mini TT News. BBC commentator and public policy analyst Ian James Parsley has written a brilliant piece about the UK Traitors series titled The Traitors Was Compelling Because It Was Real Life. The blog article, published on the 5th of February, focuses on psychological elements of the game and how it interestingly reflects societal and political behaviour. Parsley discusses herd mentality, recency bias and the nature of trust and draws parallels between player behaviour in the game and the way we all tend to behave in all sorts of circumstances. If you're as fascinated as I am by the psychology of the traitors, then I highly recommend reading the article and I'll post a link in the show notes. All three media have revealed that the second season of The Traitors Norway will feature a twist none of the other versions have used yet. This time, contestants will all compete in pairs, either couples, best friends or family members. Although at first this might seem like a cheap gimmick, I actually think this is genius and will allow for so much high-stakes deception and tension. Imagine being a traitor and having to lie to your partner about it. Or maybe even telling them you're a traitor and making them keep it a secret too. Or even murdering them. I have no option but to learn Norwegian by the time this series airs. Remember, I have a really special interview coming up later in the episode. But before we get there, let's dive into episode 2 of The Traitors UK. At 
at the beginning of episode two, we have Claudia recapping the game first because viewers are still learning the rules at this point. It's early on. At breakfast, the players begin to arrive. And of course, this part of the process is completely new to them, completely new to the viewers. They don't know what to expect. It's all very exciting. Alex appears and is worried that Tom won't arrive because we know that they're a couple. Nobody else knows this yet. But of course, Alex can't show this. She's really got to hide it all. A few more people arrive, including Nikki, who immediately gets really upset and says that she was worried that maybe in the mission yesterday she was too bossy. Wilf, too, seems particularly upset. He's almost crying when John walks through the door. And my reaction is... Is Wilf overdoing it a bit? Is he overacting? Are people going to notice this extreme reaction? Alyssa seems to be acting a, a little bit over the top as well, but she seems to be getting away with it more, I think. Eventually, there are only three people left to arrive. Andrea, Theo and Aisha. So we know, and the players know, one of them is bound to be murdered. Andrea arrives first. Which is great, thank goodness. Andrea's angels are alive and well. We stand Andrea. I think we should stand Andrea. That sounds like the place. San Andrea. Oh my goodness, I've just coined that right there and then. I was going to say we should call ourselves. I'm saying we because I think we're all in this together, right? If you don't like Andrea, then I just can't understand you. I think we are Standreas. I'm going to use that from now on. Claire and Wilf are crying about people being murdered. So they are completely caught up in the game already, even in episode two. Then Theo arrives, and of course we realise Aisha has been murdered. We have a flashback, we see Aisha the night before, and we see the traitors discussing why they murdered her. They reckon she was too domineering, too threatening, and that she was so desperate to find the traitors that they needed to put a stop to that immediately. They also say, well, Wilf says he wanted to break up the youth group, which really made me laugh because, you know, Wilf is like in his 20s himself. Aaron at breakfast is gutted. They all are really realising this is going to be tough to wake up in the morning every day and realise someone is just gone with no goodbye. Claudia arrives then with the shiniest hair I have ever seen, obsessed. She takes Aisha's photo down from above the fireplace, says bye-bye Aisha, and flippantly throws it to the ground. However, you know, it's Claudia. She's nice, she's warm, she can't help it. She does say, enjoy your breakfast, bye darlings. She gives Theo a little touch on the shoulder. God bless her. After breakfast then, we start to see some discussions around the house. I noticed some of the guys walk outside with umbrellas, and someone asks, is it raining? Boys, you're in Scotland. If the question, is it raining, ever crosses your mind, the answer is always yes. Ivan suggests that the traitors were pinning Aisha's murder on Aaron because he kind of fancied her. I'm not really sure what Ivan's logic is there. Imran, in his interview, says he's going to play the 90-10 game. Like 90% telling the truth, 10% slipping in some lies. I mean, I don't really know why Imran needs to do this because he's not a traitor so he doesn't really need to lie about anything. Unless he has some bigger game plan about how he's going to suss people out. I'm not sure. Now, I have a suggestion. If you like a drink and I'm not a drinker, I don't drink at all but I think this is a great chance for a drinking game. Every time Imran mentions his PhD at the age of 22, take a drink. By the end of episode 3 you'll be so drunk you think you're in the traitors. 
The group are then trying to figure out who would dislike Aisha, who would have a reason to get rid of her. Claire, at this point, reveals her police background. She says that she's good at observing lies, she can suss out body language. I wonder if that's wise, though, for her to tell people this. John suggests that Aisha was a social butterfly, so that might have not worked out in her favour. A little bit further on, Nikki then is sitting with some of the others in a room and discusses her accident, a car accident when she was younger. She talks about raising a son at a relatively young age and says that she would use the prize money if she won it to fund uh, an operation for her prosthetic arm. And it's really interesting to hear different people's backstories and there is more of this as the season goes on. I kind of felt there wasn't quite as much of this in the US season, but perhaps that's because so many of them were celebrities, so maybe the viewers didn't need to know their backstories because a lot of viewers were familiar with them, but we don't have that in the UK one. We then move on to the mission for this episode. Now, Claudia's wardrobe, it must be said, an absolute dream. Her stylist is a woman called Sinead McKeefrey. Uh, of course, I follow her on Instagram. Her handle is at Sinead McKeefrey, that's spelled S-I-N-E-A-D-M-C-K-E-E-F-R-Y. And I have no option but to also put that in the show notes. The players are split up into two groups, a group of seven and a group of 12. And if I was them, I would be absolutely terrified as soon as Claudia told me to get in any sort of group or line after what happened last week when Amos and Keenan were kicked out immediately after putting themselves at the end of the line. Claudia doesn't tell them much yet. It turns out, of course, that this is a musical mission. One team of seven has to go off to a church, ring some bells, play out a piece of music and hope that the others in the house listening from a great distance will be able to recognise the song, then find a corresponding music box that matches the song, then find a large version of the object inside the music box somewhere in the house. There's various steps to this mission. I quite like it. Ivan is conducting his team in the church and the song, the first song is Auld Lang Syne. He's quite confident. He thinks, you know, oh, people will get this. Auld Lang Syne, of course. Cut to everyone else in the house screaming, it's the national anthem and running around like maniacs. Andrea, God love Andrea. She is just, I'm going to be using that phrase a lot throughout the season. I'm just warning you. Andrea is just trying not to be trampled. Claudia is also sort of giving the contestants a bit of a hand here. She's muttering shoes and then saying to camera, I'm not helping them, which is why we love her. We don't really get this from Alan in the US version. I think it's a good task. It's fun. It's a combination of physical things, musical ability, paying attention, observation, all of that. So different people have got chances to shine if they're good in different elements. As well as Auld Lang Syne, we realise that also no one can recognise music from the Nutcracker. As that song plays, someone just screams, Twinkle, twinkle, I know where that is. They're completely wrong. At the end of this mission, they win £8,000, which means already the total is £23,000. That's a lot of money to make you do a lot of lying. Claudia is absolutely buzzing for them. After the mission, we have more discussions around the house. They're starting to anticipate the round table, the first round table, so nobody knows what it's going to feel like tonight. They're all really nervous about it. Alyssa says that she's scared to be caught. Alex is scared to banish a faithful by accident. Imran's name starts to come up in various discussions and Meryl even brings up Nikki. 
Some people think that when Nikki was crying at breakfast, that was perhaps a sign of something. But I mean, if they're going to call out Nikki for crying at breakfast, there were various other people very emotional as well. John mentions he's suspicious of Faye. A lot of the players start doing this thing that they do throughout the series, throughout all the other series. They talk about going on the evidence. What evidence are they talking about? There is no evidence. Your observations of someone's personality and behaviour, that ain't evidence. Their opinions, their thoughts, but they're completely subjective. There really isn't any such thing as evidence in this game, I don't think. Unless a traitor makes a very obvious slip-up, which we have seen at various points in other seasons. So here we go. It's our first round table of the series. Everybody files in. Claudia introduces the discussion and she's very good at setting the atmosphere. She makes it feel very sombre, very suspicious, very intense already. The discussion begins and starts to focus quickly on the idea that some players have changed their behaviour. I mean, they've only been there for two days, right? But he singles out Nikki and Nikki asks, well, how have I changed? But Faye immediately panics at that and says, well, it's not just me that said that. Alyssa starts talking again about this idea of evidence and her evidence is Glassgate. The fact that after the first meeting when the traitors were selected by Claudia, everybody raised a glass to give a toast and Nikki didn't raise a glass. So Alyssa finds this very suspicious. Of course, Alyssa doesn't actually find this suspicious. Alyssa's a traitor, right? But she thinks other people might find this suspicious. So she brings it up again. It's pretty poor to me, but other people seem to buy it ridiculously. Nikki at this point defends herself and says, well, you know, the glass was on the side of my body where I don't have a hand, so it felt unnatural for me to lift a glass. That's it. But it seems like no one is listening. No one's really given her a chance. It's almost as if they've made their minds up already. Aaron is then a little bit different from everybody else because he accuses Imran. Imran then accuses Faye. It's so uncomfortable, I think, as a viewer because we know that all of these people they're naming are all faithful. That they None of them have it right. So the voting begins and it's pretty much a landslide. Imran has one vote. Faye gets one vote. Nikki ends up with 17 votes. And I reckon that Nikki was so calm at this point. She didn't react really angrily or get upset. It's as if she realised what was happening and actually there was nothing she could do about it. So she seems very, very calm and collected. Wilf, at this point, has his head in his hands as the truth is about to be revealed because obviously he knows what's about to happen. Nikki stands up in the circle of truth and reveals you're all wrong, tells them that she is a faithful, and everyone is completely shocked, and they're all looking to one another to see what everybody else's reactions are, possibly because they can't believe it, and, you know, they're looking to one another for affirmation, or maybe they're looking around to assess how are people reacting here, who, is anyone acting like they're not surprised? Alessa starts crying, even though she's a traitor, she's crying, probably out of guilt because she helped commandeer all of this against Nikki. Imran asks, how did we all get it so wrong? Claire, in her interview, says the same thing. She just can't believe they completely messed it up. Wilf then, in his interview, simply says, I feel so relieved. There's not really any eyes on me. I can relax. 
Wolf's got his priorities right. After the round table then, there are more discussions around the house. Aaron, quite honestly, says that everybody else jumped on the bandwagon, and I think Aaron's right. Even though his vote was for Imran and was wrong, it seems like Aaron's kind of proud that at least he didn't go along with everybody else. And and he even says, there is no way 95% of you thought it was her. And yeah, he must be right. Matt admits that. Matt admits that from now on he needs to vote a bit more independently and maybe he should have gone with Imran, even though we know he's wrong. Theo is still suspicious of Imran, even though we know he's wrong. And then midnight comes, we have our chime. I notice everyone is hugging one another and saying, I love you. (laughs) This is this sort of trait um, common amongst reality competition uh, shows like Big Brother when people have known each other for maybe 24 hours and are already telling each other they love one another. If you were listening to TT News at the start of the episode I mentioned an article by Ian James Parsley and this is something that Ian writes about in his article in The Traitors about this idea of people telling each other they love one another very very quickly and forming false bonds that are actually not helpful at all. Alex and Tom have a little moment together. They have 10 seconds for a hug and a kiss. And then, of course, off they go. They have to pretend that they weren't together. And we then move to Traitor's Tower for the night. The traitors gather. They're telling each other, what a night. Another one says, what a day. They all agree that the round table was very, very difficult to be a part of. Amanda points out that this part, as in the murder part, is easy. It's when they have to be around the others and when they have to do the voting in front of everybody. That's the difficult part. They then start to discuss who are they going to murder tonight. And Welf points out that there are some people they really need to keep around. For example, Imran. Because Imran is somebody who now lots of people suspect, they ought to keep him in because it's likely he'll get voted out next week. That gives the traitors another week of safety so they can't get rid of somebody like Imran. Welf also says that they can't pick obvious people who are enemies of the big suspects. For example, they can't pick Theo to murder because Theo's made it very clear, he thinks Imran is a traitor. So to then get rid of Theo to frame Imran wouldn't really work long term, which Lindsay and I spoke about in last week's episode as well. So the possibilities they come up with are Faye because she might be good at catching traitors because she's very observant and she seems really, really focused on the mission at hand. Tom, possibly for the same reason, although they don't really go into much detail. Ivan, presumably because he's very clever. Aaron, because he's too popular and they don't want everybody to come together and be united. They want a fractious environment with different groups not able to come together. Claire, because she is, again, like a natural leader and she's very clever, her police background. Alex, because they describe her as a bit of a dark horse. They think she's been very quiet so far, but when she does speak, she's very articulate and very intelligent. Alyssa then says, it's better to give them confusion than a strategy to follow, meaning they should pick somebody probably quite unexpected rather than an obvious murder victim, because that will throw everybody off and create some sort of chaos. So the episode ends on them deciding amongst Alex, Aaron, or Claire.
Normally, at this point, I would offer my overall thoughts of the episode. However, I don't need to do that on my own this time because I have the perfect person to ask all about behind the scenes of this episode. And that is Nikki, the first banishee. Banishee. I've just invented that word too. Let's hear everything that Nikki had to tell me. My guest on this episode of The Trader is Nikki Wilding, a faithful from the Traitors UK and, as we just found out, the first player to be banished from the game. Nikki, how are you doing today? I'm alright, thanks very much. And yourself? I'm doing really well, thank you. Now, you've, you've, uh, you've been having some birthday celebrations, so a preemptive happy birthday. How, <laughs> how, were, how was your weekend fun? It was really good, actually. Really, really good. Um, exhausting. But very good. And I'm a big fan for daytime drinking because it means that I was home by about eight o'clock. I still feel quite jaded, but hey-ho. Uh, Ideal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Now, I've got lots of questions to ask you about your time on the Traitors. But first of all, I'm going to introduce our own game. So on the podcast, we like to play the Trader Traitor. So our mission is to betray one another over the next half hour or so by telling one lie from here on in. It can be a made-up fact or story, big or small. For example, my co-host Lindsay in episode one told me that she follows Theo's reaction videos on YouTube when that was just a lie and he doesn't do reaction vids on YouTube at all. So your <laughs> lie could be anything like that. Got you. At at the end of the interview, we'll then conduct our own banishment and guess one another's lie. Nikki, are you prepared to lie to me? Yes. Good. That begins now. So, Nikki, how did you find out about the traitors in the first place? Um, so there were... Um, I've always wanted to put myself out there um, just to see what everything was about and just to have something a little bit different and saw the application for the traitors. And I thought, well, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, I'll give it a go. Not actually expecting to get as far as I did, um, which was really good, actually, and um, made me feel good because I think that there was a lot of people that applied for it and they picked me. So, yeah, so that's how I got into it, totally by accident. And uh, yeah, and it, and it come through. So they must have seen something they were interested in. And what can you tell us about that process after you apply? You know, how, how, are there different stages? Do you have to go and meet people? Is it like auditioning? How does it work? Yeah, so you do, you go through the auditions, you apply online, um, you say a little bit about yourself. Um, and then you meet up with one of the casting um, execs. Um, and then, and then you just go through the process, and uh, then you'll have like we. You, I didn't meet them in person, um, and we would meet over a few Zoom calls and whatnot, and just I suppose they could see how you are, you know, online and whatnot. And yeah, it just went from there, and it was just sort of like, oh, you've got through to this stage, or you've got through to that stage, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm not really going to hear any more of it. So I didn't make any plans whatsoever, and I didn't really tell work until the very last minute because, as I said, I just didn't think I would get onto it. Um, so when I did, I was like, oh, um, excuse me, boss, is it okay if I go missing for a while? So yeah, they were really supportive. So yeah, it was it was a really good experience. It looked like on the program, Scotland was like unusually. Nice and sunny. <laughs> when did you film? When did it all take place? It 
took place um, in May. And we were so blessed with the weather because I've been to Scotland before. We went to go and um, hike. Uh, well, the aim was to go and do Ben Nevis, but the weather was poor and it comes in so quickly. Um, yeah. So we ended up doing um, the Monroes. It's stunning. I absolutely love it. So when we got when we got there, it was sort of like, this is unusually like decent weather. You know, it's not blowing a hoolie or whatever. And so we were blessed, and I, what I was expecting to be absolutely frozen and soaked at the same time because I think, you know, you know, we're in a castle, I'm going to be freezing <laughs> cold, and it wasn't, and it was just stunning. I just wish yeah. I could have explored a little bit, go off on a little run, you know? <laughs> That's a shame. I mean, May, it's, it's almost a, a year, I guess, since he yeah. filmed. Does it feel strange being asked questions about something so long ago? I think because it's still sort of in the... In the public eye, I mean, I, I've been recognised in Boots and it's mad, like, you know, so it still sort of feels quite fresh. But, yeah, yeah and I, I remember it, it's ingrained in my in my head because, you know, it was such a, a different experience and it was such a positive experience for me. You know, I know I got banished, but what I did experience was great. I loved it, absolutely loved it. So, yeah, I just say it's, it's okay. It's, you know, it's expected. Yeah. Talk at me, the movie store. Only joking. <laughs> I'm wondering, Nikki, if you can clarify something for us. I was talking to my my co-host Lindsay in episode one, and we couldn't figure something out. Did you know that Claudia Winkleman was the host before you arrived at the castle? Because everyone seemed so surprised when she appeared. I had no idea whatsoever. No idea whatsoever. Okay. It was. You know, we were told, oh, you know, there's going to be someone that is very well known, will be the host. And, and then when she walked out, we were like, oh, wow, <laughs> perfect, absolutely perfect. And she rocks the tweed. So she she was the perfect host, I reckon. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, that's exciting that that, you, that it was a, it was a surprise for yeah, everybody. Yeah, it was. But... I mean, they, we didn't know anything. You know, you're, um, I don't mind that, so I don't have to know everything. But I suppose if you're sort of... If you get quite anxious or you think, oh, I need to know what's the, you need to know the ins and outs of stuff, then we were totally kept in the dark and you're just constantly guessing. You don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, when you see the first episode, poor Kieran and Amos, they just get booted off and you're like, yeah. oh no. It, yeah. it was sort of like twists and turns and then it just puts you on your back foot and then, you know, you're surprised by the host walking out. And it was just brilliant. The whole experience was fantastic. And did you want to be, a traitor. Um, I was I was on the fence to be honest because I am quite expressive with my face and I wasn't sure if I would have been able to carry it off. I suspect it would be quite fun at the very beginning, but then you know the longer if you were in the game for longer, it would be hard to sort of lie to people. And I'm I'm just I'm not I can't mask. I'm not very good at masking my emotions, as you saw from episode two. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I don't think I'd have been a good one. So I was sort of, I was quite happy I was a faithful. Well, that leads on to my next question, I suppose. So like I said, I've just been talking about episode two in great detail. I wanted to ask you a bit about some of the events in that episode. At the beginning, you you seemed, you were quite upset at breakfast. What, what do you think led to that? It was just relief because... You weren't sure if you would go in there, you know, and is is it going to be cut short for me? And also it was just you get a chance to sort of see people because it was it happened so quickly. Um, it's I don't tend to 
form bonds with people immediately and I just wanted to get to know how and a bit I'm a bit of a slow burner I suppose I like to sit back and see what's going on and try and see what what's happening I can't make snap decisions like that um so it was sheer relief and I was just so happy to see some of the guys in there you know when I when I got when I when I turned up um but yeah that was to be short-lived <laughs> unfortunately yeah, sadly Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. And you mentioned maybe taking a while to get to know people, but we, we saw you kind of opening up to a group of the other players about your background. You talked about your son and your car accident, living situation. Did did that then feel worse later on that people voted against you after you'd opened up and been so honest with people? I think it was hard. I mean, it was really hard to sit there and think, oh, you know, you you sort of opening up to explain why you're there and whatnot. And then... And then you get booted out for a completely, well, in my opinion, like a weak reason. And it just felt like herd mentality. And I was just like, oh, okay. You know, what, there's nothing you can do at that point. Um, so, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's it's hard because, uh, I don't know, how, how can I say it? It's sort of like, yeah, so you're sitting there, you're trying to get to know people, you're sitting there listening. And then because I wanted to listen to what other people had to say, they took that as me being quiet. So I was like, yeah. no, I'm just listening because I don't feel the need to talk over people or just, you know, just get involved in some conversations. So, so yeah, that was a bit hard. And I think that's, you can see that. Um, I was quite upset, to be honest, to be banished first for such a, a weak reason. I didn't feel like it was justified. No. Now, in this episode, the mission you took part in was this sort of musical bell ringing mission. Um, <laughs> do you now? You were on the team who were ringing the bells. Do you know what the piece of music is, or are you figuring out? Are you figuring it out at the same time? We were figuring it out at the same time, and like it was really hard to hear because if you're not getting the timing. It's like, I have no idea what that is. But fortunately, 
we had Ivan and he was a genius, you know, and, and he just picked it up straight away. And I was like, oh, my, you know, we just got to listen to this guy. He knows what he's doing. Um, so all I had to do really was just pull the pull the bells. But that in itself was difficult because yeah. you couldn't pull it too hard. I mean, that's the first time I've ever rang church bells. And, uh, yeah, that was that was quite a challenge because if I, if I was stood between two ropes, I'm like, how am I going to do this? I've only got one hand, like, you know, but it was, it was funny, but yeah, no, um, fortunately we had Ivan and he sussed what they were straight away. Um, so yeah, it was, re- it was really, it was a, it was a good experience. Yeah. Ivan, a good teammate to have there then. Yeah. I mean, he's, he come to, his skills come to the forefront there. Something else I noticed in this episode is the way it's been edited we see lots of players discussing around the house who they suspect and who they're going to vote for tonight. But we, we didn't really get to see much of that. You know, you, you weren't shown much in that part. Who, no. who who were you? Was there anyone you were discussing who's, whose name was on your mind? Well, to be honest, I didn't have a clue because, as I said, it was so it was so quick. And I think I was just trying to listen into what like people were saying, and I and I mean I did have I did think Faye because she was name dropping, and I was thinking, well, that's all I've got to go on. So anyone that's name dropping, they're deflecting the attention away from them. And I know that Faye was doing it, um, and I know that uh, I think Alyssa had done it, and it was just sort of like, but obviously I didn't know Alyssa. Alyssa had said it was me. Um, and it was just, I was just trying to sit there and listen. Sorry, my dog's fidgeting. Bo. <laughs> That's um, okay. So, but- yeah, it was, I, I was just, you know, when you're just trying to work stuff out and I was thinking maybe I'm just a little bit slow because I'm just trying to see who's doing it, how are they acting, have they changed? And to be honest, I didn't see that anybody's personality had changed. Um, and, I mean, the people that were the, the traitors were, were fantastic, like, you know, at hiding it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and all I, all I thought really was, was Faye and it and it would have been someone else that I didn't really bond with really but I don't know but I don't think I did bond with anyone yeah. apart from Aaron he's a lovely lad were you aware that other people were talking about your name did, did you think people were going to vote for you or was it a surprise no not at all I was totally like sort of swept up like not swept off my feet it's a wrong turn of phrase I was totally flummoxed really because I was like I had no idea and I didn't feel or sense or pick up on any awkwardness, um, you know, because you'd go from room to room, have a conversation, see where the conversation's going, you know, and if there was too many people, I would just walk out and go into another room just to have a listen. Um, So, no, I was completely taken aback by as soon as they started to say my name and I was was quite upset, to be honest, and I was just like, on what? What have you got to go on? And their, their reasoning, I just think... When they all said the same reason, I just thought, I, you know, there's no point in me trying to argue or, you know, just try and fight to stay in there because it had been a unanimous vote. So I'm not going to turn all of their, all of their minds. So yeah, it was, it was, I was sad because I had so loved the missions um, and that, that's me all over, you know, getting out there, getting stuck in and to have it cut short like that for such a weak reason. I was just like, oh, really? You know, but it is what it is. That's exactly what I was going to ask about. That this, The idea that others suggested was that somehow you'd changed over the past day or so. But it's it seems like you reckon that was a really 
pathetic reason, like yeah. <laughs> no substance behind it. It was weak, and they all had said the same reason that I had yeah. changed. But I was like, well, how? How have I changed? You know, hadn't everybody changed in some way? The more you get to know someone, they're going to change. Um, and the fact that they'd all said, oh, I had changed, but hadn't been able to say how I had changed. And then people that I thought I was closer to had even said it. I was just like, it's just, they're just jumping on the bandwagon. And I, you know, they have to vote someone off. Otherwise would have been there all day, but I was just gutted. It was me and it was cut short. Yeah. I think there definitely must have been a sort of pack mentality because we see Matt talking afterwards to Aaron and Matt kind of admits he yeah. probably just voted for you because everyone else did. He hadn't yeah. even been thinking about you, so... Yeah, but that's why, like, I love Aaron because he was like, no, I don't think he voted with who he thought it was. And he was like, well, no, you know, I don't feel that that was the, the case. And, you know, on the first mission, we were all in the Jeep together and maybe that's where I sort of bonded and clicked with Aaron. Um, but I was also in, in with... Um, Matt and Imran. So for them two to turn around and say, I was like, come on. You know, and on the train, I was sat with Rayanne and I was sat with um, Maddie and Tom. And it was just like, so you, you think that you're building bonds with these people and then you're sat there and then they turn and you're like, oh, okay, thanks. That's how it is then. But, you know, I'm a bigger person. I have a question from Dirk, who was a faithful on the Australian version of The Traitors. And Dirk has asked me to ask you, when was the moment you knew you couldn't plead your innocence? Like, was there a moment at the round table where you realised it was a bit pointless to defend yourself anymore? Do you think it did it become clear that lots of people were going to vote for you? Well, I think as soon as it had gone, so Hannah had started the ball rolling and then it just went boom, boom, boom. I thought, I see how this is going. So, you know, I'm going to say my bit. I'm going to throw, like, the spanner in the works, just mention names, because I thought I'm not going out without... Uh, saying what I felt and like saying to Alyssa for for saying for me to not pick up the cup I was just like really like you know I don't clap either because what I can't like you know and I'm I'm saying it just I'm just I'm quite candid with it because I just don't and it was to reach over to me it just doesn't come natural so I think at that point I thought there's no point They're, they're picking it's such a weak excuse there's no point they've made their mind up so many of them had said my name I just thought whatever so just yeah. get on with it. Yeah, it seemed frustrating even as a viewer for me. I I, I felt like you explained yourself very rationally yeah. and calmly, but it, it, they almost didn't really want to listen. I think no. even Alex was voting and said, oh, you, oh, you didn't convince me enough the way you yeah. defended yourself. And I, I thought, well, what else did you want Nikki to say? Well, yeah. <laughs> to say, please, please, I'm not a traitor, believe me. But then someone is, and I just thought, I, you know, okay. I I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. You know, I was gutted to go. I wish I could have stayed, especially as I watched it go on and on and on. And I watched the missions and I was like, guys, you know, you're voting out the people that can help in the missions, you know. Um, and I just, yeah, it's just one of them things. You just got to, if you know your time's up, your time's up. I'm not going to sit there and plead and get all upset. And it just, it's just not, it wasn't worth doing, to be honest. Even though I absolutely loved my time and I wanted to stay in, it's, you know, you're just, you're fighting a lost cause. That could have possibly caused more friction. I didn't want to do that. You know, people have made their minds up. You know, I'm not going to go on about it. It's, it is what it is. What parameters are you given by 
the people on set about what you're allowed to say. You know, when it comes to the moment for you to reveal whether you're a traitor or a faithful, are you told, keep it brief, don't say very much, say something and leave, you know, or, or how, how much, you know, how many rules are there in place about well, what you can say? Rules. I mean, that's what I loved about it because you just, it, you can't, I think if you try and script something, it doesn't come across as true, does it? You know, it's it's not how... If they had told me what to say, people that knew me would know that's not Nikki talking. So it was like, you've got your chance now to say it. And I've if I could have done a two-finger salute, I would have gone, they are, you're wrong. <laughs> like, you know, but I did. And I, I did it in the most polite way. Um, but, yeah, you stand up on there. And it's quite empowering because you stand up on there and you think, like, I'm going to prove you wrong now. And, you know, and they all did sit there in silence and then they were all like, oh, dear, like we've made a, you know, and it's hard because you've got to vote somebody out. And I suppose they didn't really bond with me as much as they did the others. And you don't vote for someone that you get on with or you've bonded with. So, you know, it was a, it was a it was the choice that they made. Yeah. How did that feel seeing everybody's reaction? Because, you know, on TV, it seems like they are all totally shocked when you they said were. that you were a faithful well, as soon as you've said why, when when you're filming, as soon as you said what you've said, you go off. So I don't see that reaction. Like, and we're totally kept in the dark, and like life carries on, blah blah blah. And then it's not until you then watch it, you're like, ah, oh, right, they were gutted, and that sort of gives you a little bit of a that makes you feel better about it because you're like, oh, you know, they, they it was a mistake, um, and they were gutted, and then they kept getting it wrong. Um, and you do feel for them because you can see the frustration and the the fact is is that it goes on and on and on, you know, and you become tired and you're not sure who you can trust and it plays with your mind. So half of me is thinking, oh, I'm glad I went when I did, even though I think it's a bit too early because it would just <laughs> mess with your head and you yeah. can see them battling with it and I just think I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody, you know what I mean, even though they did banish me first. <laughs> I still think, right, no, you know, they're, they're a lovely bunch and uh, it was a hard decision to make, but I just wish they hadn't vote, banished me first for the reasons that they did. You know, if I'd have done something, then I'd have gone, okay, fair enough, I get that. But I, I didn't, don't feel like I did anything and the reason was weak. And you, you just mentioned that you leave straight away, you know, you really don't see them again. So at what point did you find out who the traitors actually were? Not until a week before it got aired. Okay. Like, and they're like, and like, you didn't know, and I'm like, no, I didn't, I had no clue. That's why I thought I'm really quite crap at this because I didn't have it. I had no suspicions. I mean, when um, Claudia was circling the room picking the traitors, I was like, I was trying to listen. You know, can I hear? Is she to my left? Is she to my right? Did she stop? Did she not stop? And you just, you could drive yourself mad because you haven't got a clue. Yeah. Um, and even from you know, trying to go back on my memory and think, right, did anybody change? Did anybody act differently? Did somebody seem... I mean, the only one I did say, I did think, was Tom, because he started sort of rambling and going, man, I just thought, why is he doing that? Is it like a nervous thing? You know, but yeah. I mean, he wasn't a traitor either. But to be honest, I didn't have a clue. You've got such a minuscule thing to go on. It's so hard, you know, and it is hard. And, and someone's got to go first. So when you found out it was Amanda and Wilf and Alyssa, were you, I mean, were you shocked? I was, yeah, because I was just like, no way. Like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> think, like, Amanda was just quite quiet and I thought, well, she was like me, just quite quiet, just sitting and watching how it unfold. Wilf didn't change at all, you know, and 
And at the round table, he sort of seemed to really battle with voting me. And I was just like, I just didn't have a clue. Not a clue at all. And I think they played it. They played a blinder. And good luck to them, you know. Did you watch it all when it came on TV? Yeah, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, this is this is amazing. I mean, the people that had created it and how it all unfolded, it was just magical. And I was just so pleased and proud to be part of that. And, you know, everyone was talking about it and all of the twists and turns. And it was just like amazing. I mean, that is just, it's genius. I really, really enjoyed it. And you had people from all different backgrounds and there's nothing really like it on telly. And I thought that's what it, that's what it's about. You know, it reflects the demographic and, and yeah. that's what I think made it so special. Yeah, I think so. No one's and, polished. <laughs> yeah. And watching the rest of the series, did, did you think... I'm glad I'm not there or I'm frustrated I'm not there or a mix of both or something else. It was definitely a mix of both because the missions were right up my street, as I said, and I was just thinking, I feel like I could have really helped and added help to the team, you know, and got involved in it because I'd just throw myself into it 100%. Um, there I go with a hundred percent. And, um, (laughs) but then when I see them battling with their sort of, uh, as it went on, how they were battling with, you know, because you're potentially, you're building relationships with these people and you then have to vote them off. And I didn't like that. And you saw the raw emotions coming out and and my heart went out to them all. Like, you know, all of them felt it. And and I also sat there and I thought, well, no, you know how I feel. Like, you know, and they was getting so upset and emotional because it's hard to sit there and have everybody say your name and accuse you something when you know that you are innocent and you're like, this This isn't fair. It, it feels really unfair. And it was, you know, I was glad I was glad I wasn't in it till the very end, even though the money would have come in very handy, pardon the pun. But um, I, it was sort of, I was sort of, yeah, glad that I wasn't, I wasn't there. And it was hard to watch, you know, and, and the emotions that they went through. And you just, as I said, your heart goes out to them. If you could go back and do it again, would you... Would you do anything differently? Would you have any sort of tactic or anything like that? Um, I'd probably, like, talk more because, I mean, I'm not a quiet person, but I just thought, right, I've got to try and suss this out and see how it goes and what's going on. Um, And I don't know, maybe make more of an effort. But then the thing is, that's not how I am. I'm not in people's faces. I'm not, like, I'll get involved in stuff. um, But I also like to sit and listen and find out what's going on. So um, ter- maybe I'd do that differently just to stand for a little bit longer. Because, yeah. you know, the, the last um, mission, I mean, that was right up my street, jumping out of a helicopter into the water. <laughs> I would have loved to have done that. I'd have done that without being asked to do it. Um, and it just would have been nice and interesting to show people, you know, even though I do have a disability, like what I'm capable of. And hopefully it would inspire people yeah. that, you know, stuff can happen, accidents happen. And yet it's not over. You know, look at what people are achieving. And and that's that was another reason for me wanting to go on the show is to put myself out there. And, you know, I get such I've had such lovely supportive um messages and the donations have just come rolling in and i've just i just feel really really lucky and and i've just it it's warming to think that people see that and they think actually it's inspiring so yeah it's it's good yeah absolutely that's that's fantastic that's something really nice to come out from all of it as well definitely i love reading the messages on the um sorry i'll just put this down a bit um 
the messages from people have donated and they're like, oh, no, you went too you went too quickly and, you know, you should never have been voted out. And I think one of the cast, one of the faithful cast from the US has actually donated as well. And there's a few people from oh, um, the US has donated and Canada. And it's lovely to know that it's touch. my story is touching people all over the place, you know, and it just it's the good it's the good nature of the human beings that comes out and it's it's so lovely you know because we always hear about bad stuff and it's good to hear like decent happy stuff you know yeah you need it season two of the traitors is sort of all but officially confirmed it's not quite but the casting process seems to be open what what advice i mean the studio lambert have had over eight thousand applications already what advice would you give to someone who was going to be in the next season or was was thinking about applying? Depending on what sort of character you are, I mean, just be yourself because if you get in there and, and you are yourself, then, you know, you can only put on a facade for so long and depending on how long you're in there, you know, it, it could slip and then, you know, you could get vilified for it on TV because you could have someone looking at the show, they don't know you from Adam and they'll cast their opinions on you and that could be quite hurtful, you know, because um, it's people can get very brave behind a keyboard and they can say things, you know, and if you're, if you're sensitive, you just need to switch off to that because they don't know you. They're just putting comments out there from a snapshot they've seen and a story that they've made up in their head. So just bear that in mind when you're doing it because it will get hard. It is, um, you know, it's a test of your your strength and just to, just to be open-minded about it. But generally be yourself, you know, and be happy with who you are. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like great life advice in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Everyone's entitled to opinion. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. You know, yeah. it's their opinion. So you know, that's that's they can say what they want. It's but it's just don't take it to heart. It's only if someone knows and loves you that they say something. You know, then that's that. But the people around you wouldn't be like that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But as I said, the vast majority. I've I can't say. I mean, I've had the odd jokey thing but that just sort of slips off me because like i've been in this game for a long time now like not the tv game i've had a disability for a long time you've i've heard it all it's boring Mm -hmm. um some of it's quite funny um and it does tickle me um but you know people people will say stuff and sometimes they're just doing it to get a rise out of you and you know it's up to them and it more of a reflection on them definitely nikki are you still in touch with anyone from the show do you still get to speak to anybody yeah, we are. I know people don't, not everybody likes to hear that, but we are. Like, I chat to them all. They're all a lovely bunch. Um, they're all going off in their own ways. It's it's nice to see what they're doing, what they're up to, you know, and on social media you hear it. Um, we've been fortunate enough to get a few, like, invites to some shows, but unfortunately it just always happens I can't make it. So it'll be nice to meet up with them and just say hello, but we message them over, uh, over social media, say hello, you know, and I have these funny um, chats with uh, Aaron over, like we just send voice messages, which <laughs> are quite funny. So yeah, and 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 it's nice. You just sort of keep keep your toe in. Just keep. You've made connections with new people that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Now, Nikki, it's almost time for us to finish. However, we've got a couple of things left before we conclude our game of the trader traitor and see if we've managed to lie to one another. Uh, maybe you could tell us a bit about where we could find you online. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, but maybe you could tell us a bit more about the Just Giving page. 
Sure. So um, I am on Instagram. Nikki needs a hand. Um, I've also on Facebook. I'm on Facebook as Nicola Wilding, but there's a Facebook sort of like page called Nikki needs a hand. I've just kept that tagline along. I'm also on Twitter and on TikTok. So Twitter is my name, Nicola Wilding seventy seven, and on TikTok is uh, Nikki needs a hand again. But TikTok, I'm new to TikTok. I'm a little bit, uh, a few decades behind on that one. So, and it just <laughs> trying too. to manage, you know, we're trying to manage it. It's like a full time job. And I'm just like, I feel overloaded because I have a full time job and yeah. I do all my sport. And it's just like, I, there's no time to do this. Um, and also, I have a Just Giving page, which again, Nikki needs a hand, um, which uh, you can find the link in the bio in my Instagram. Um, so, yeah, any, you know, any donations are gratefully received whether however you small or large you know it all adds and makes a difference and i appreciate every single pence because i know that times are hard at the moment and also people don't know me you know and to see them just giving me money from from a, a pound to 300 pounds to to dollars and canadian dollars and it's just it's just so overwhelming and it's such a lovely feeling to show to, to you know to have people want to support me and want to want to see me get that hand you know i want to be a bond baddie <laughs> <laughs> and i'll put the links to all of that in the show notes for the episode as well thank you very much i appreciate it now nikki it's time for our reveal of the trader traitor ah. in the past half hour I told you a lie. I'm wondering if you told me a lie. I may have told you a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you guess mine first, I'll guess yours. Okay. Oh, gosh. We've spoken about a lot. (laughs) Maybe about who you've interviewed? Uh, No, that was all true. Oh, uh, no. Well, no, I haven't got a clue. I, I'm no good at this. You should know that, Matthew. I'm really bad at picking out who's lying or telling me the truth. You can tell me anything. I'll be like, okay. So, yeah, I'm just really quite gullible like that then. I'll tell you the truth. My my lie was that, I mean, this could be true, but I made it up. I, I pretended that 8,000 people have applied for the next series of The Traitors. I just, I just plucked that number out of the air. Completely, completely false. But I would have believed that. Well, I did believe it because, you know, <laughs> we were told that a lot of people had applied. But then afterwards, I was thinking, who do you know on the inside then that, like, would tell you that? And now it's just like, yeah, duh, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, you're like, I'm really not sure. Is it that someone from the US traitors donated to your Just Giving page? No, that's a hundred percent true. Oh. <laughs> so nice, and the message that they said from a fellow faithful, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I've actually told you no lies. <laughs> I am quite poor at lie telling. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad that that wasn't a lie. I'm glad that someone did donate from the US traders. So that's that's. I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, it's been so nice to chat with you. Thanks so much for your time. Um, I know that the listeners will love hearing all about the show from your perspective in that much detail. So thank okay. you very much. Thank you. I, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks, Matthew. Take care. Bye.
Hello, Trader listeners. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Nikki and please check out her Just Giving page, Nikki Needs a Hand. A reminder that if you want to put your questions to some of the faithfuls from the UK and US show, check out Twitter and Instagram to see which guests are lined up for appearances on the podcast very soon and send me your questions. Twitter is at the Tradar Pod and Instagram is at the Tradar Podcast. It would also be great if you could subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're using. And even better, please leave a review. The more reviews and subscribers, the more easily other fans of the Traders will be able to find the podcast. I'll be back with a fab co-host for episode three very, very soon. Until then, stay faithful. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.